0: How's that for a little surprise on your Tuesday evening? The Phoenix Suns on a six-game losing streak with everybody out. No DeAndre Ayton, no Devin Booker, no Chris Paul, no Cameron Payne, no Landry Shamit, no Cameron Johnson, no Jay Crowder. They go to Golden State and win. That's why they play the games. That's why they play the games. And I'm without Matthew Lissy on this one, but I do have the King himself, Dave King. Last time you were on the podcast was after the Suns beat the Memphis Grizzlies, the last time we won a game. We got to schedule (laughs) you a little bit more often. Maybe You know what else I just looked up?
1: Hmm. When we did the solar panel big finish episode, it was December 3rd. Jeez. The Suns were in first place in the West. I retire from podcasting. The Suns retire from basketball. Yes. Maybe this is their rebirth.
0: Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> so what you're saying is you're here to announce that the Solar Panel podcast is coming back so we can be, go back to being in first and place, if right? If you
1: need me, there's a big problem.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it was really a, a fun game to watch, regardless of what the outcome was. I think that we were all very shocked and surprised. Oh, no. It was
1: much more fun. Yes. With the outcome.
0: Of course. <laughs> of course. But it was a surprising beginning to this game because, I mean, literally all day long, we were all, you know, go, those of you who are on Twitter, make sure you follow me at Darth Void, and you can follow him at NBA. We were going back and forth just kind of talking about, you know, things to talk about other than the Suns game because this was just going to be everything that was – it was just set up for failure in this game. And mm-hmm. ultimately, the Phoenix Suns – emerged victorious my wa- so
1: my wife and i were laughing about how many people were out and then early in the game tnt couldn't even fit all the names on their graphic of <laughs> their all game- the guys that were out they going, and page two <laughs> campaign oh and jay crowder yeah
0: it just goes to show you that's why you play the games so welcome jamsters to another edition of the sun's jam session podcast plenty to talk about obviously on this one as the sun's Go to 21-21 and 21 on the season and defeat the Golden State Warriors. So if you're joining us and you're watching live, please hit the thumbs-up button while you're hanging out. If you're watching later, hit the thumbs-up button. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review. Uh, we'll read it right here in the pod, and we truly appreciate it. It lets everyone know where the best post-game pod on Planet Orange is. Uh, I'm going to be popping open a, a Coors Banquet beer. I'm, I'm pulling out my, my, my Johnny Lawrence from Cobra Kai. Uh, I think you're like four whiskeys in, right? And you're going to be humping a, a corduroy couch or something, right?
1: Hey, man, it's after 10. I'm already done with all that.
0: There you go. Well, <laughs> I'm just starting. So crack them if you got them, Sons fans. And uh, let's talk about this little victory. And even though they give up 34 points in the fourth quarter, they had a 26-point lead that got down to, I believe, as little as six. They win 125 to 113 in this game. So I got to ask you, Dave, coming into this game, what were you looking for when you sat down tonight (laughs) And you were getting ready to look to watch this game. Like, what were your expectations? Were you trying to see how the the Suns were going to do with their backups to the backups running the Spain pick and roll, or were you just like, you know what, this is like the Georgia TCU game? I'm just going to watch half of it and then go to sleep.
1: Uh, okay, so I'm a glutton for punishment. I always watch the whole Suns games regardless of what happens. They could lose by far- I mean, come on, we were around in the era of every game being like this. Uh, so what was I looking for? I was literally looking for individual moments of good play. I was looking to see how Dwayne Washington would handle a starting role. When I saw that, I was like, wow. Yeah, it makes, makes sense. Um, When, when I wanted to see how Mikel Bridges was doing like physically, you know, is he going to look like he shouldn't have even been out there? I was actually thinking earlier in the day, maybe Mikel should be sat out too because you're just punting the game. But clearly this Suns team did not punt this game. I loved it though. Um, Monty Williams always plays it, plays it coy. I guess before the game, um, somebody asked him. So uh, you're still going to play Suns basketball, even though you're out with so many guys. He's, I guess he looked at him. He goes, "No, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> these guys don't play this that same way. You got to play a different kind of basketball." And then at the first quarter break, I loved it when Monty was the was interviewed at the first quarter break on TNT. Um, the interviewer, I forget her name, was like, uh, or I forget who it was, but they said, "Yeah, um, uh, they said, but pre-game that you guys were going to come out amped, and they sh- you should everyone should be worried that you guys were going to play really good." Myers looked at him like, "What? <laughs> we got nobody, and it's like, uh, we're I just like,
0: happy to be here." Kind of thing. Well, and and to that point, it was interesting because we saw kind of a different brand of Phoenix Suns basketball because when you have such an a- underman staffed, you're going to get just that—a different brand. You're going to try to do what you can to. Uh, accentuate the highlights of the players that are out there. And the thing that I noticed early on in this game was the level of energy that this team played with, with the the active hands, and most notably the fact that they attacked the basket. I mean, think about this. Relentless. Relentless the entire game. Damian Lee was 14 of 14 from the free throw line. He had 21 points in this game. 14 of them came from the line. He entered tonight with 45 Total free throw attempts on the season. The <laughs> Phoenix suns in this game attempted 31 free throw attempts and they were 29 of 31. How many times this season do you think that the suns have had 31 or more free throw attempts?
1: I don't know. Have you looked this up?
0: I have the answer in front of me. This could be one of those things where it's like, Ooh, dang, stop me. <laughs> always got the drop ready. How many times? Just take a random guess. How many times have they attempted as many free throw attempts as they had tonight or more?
1: I'm going to say three. Two. Two. Now two. it's three. Well,
0: now man, it's come three. I'm on. on. So they have, I'm they actually going
1: attempted- high on that one. I was going to start with zero at the at the beginning.
0: Well, it's just it's something that we just don't do, and yeah. you look at the two other times that we've done it: once against the New Orleans Pelicans, and once. Against the Golden State Warriors, so if you're a Golden State Warriors fan, you think the Suns get all the calls against? Suns are because... now
1: three and zero against the Warriors with none Isn't of it... them being close. Every one of them a blowout.
0: Isn't that insane? <laughs> Isn't that and insane? the
1: Warriors have been healthy every time.
0: So you look at that. Okay, so that that's one thing they they attacked the basket. The other side of this is they ended with fifty eight rebounds. Only one other time this season have they had more than fifty eight rebounds. They've had 60 against the Knicks uh, in November, and then 53 was the next highest total against the Clippers uh, in mid-December. So again, I mean, it's it's this different brand of basketball, and that's what made this game fun. It was fun to watch basketball tonight because we weren't frustrated with the, the <laughs> lack of aggression, the lack of hitting right. the boards, the, the constant turnover. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't have the number yet. Uh, But as you talk, I'll look it up. I mean, the turnovers in that fourth quarter for the Phoenix Suns nearly cost them the game. But how exciting was it to watch this brand of basketball, regardless of who the players were who were conducting it?
1: Well, it was totally, it was so fun. And really what they were doing the whole night is they were actually playing in the point five offense. Mm-hmm. The point five offense is supposed to be pinging the ball around an egalitarian offense where it doesn't matter who takes the shot as long as you keep passing it until there's an open one. When the Suns get in trouble is when they hesitate. They do the pump fake pass and they don't know what to do. And then they let the defense get up on them. And then they, then they panic. And then let's talk about that. You mentioned the fourth quarter, Uh, When the Suns had turnover after turnover after turnover. And I was wondering, where the heck was Dwayne Washington? Well, first of all,
0: everybody was wondering that. You
1: know how down bad for, okay, first of all, you know how down bad the Suns are when you're praying for a two way player who's 22 years old. Who, who has turnovers like crazy and you're praying for him to handle the ball against a pressure, with full court defense. That's how down bad the sun's ball handling is. Um, I did a couple of people replied to me that it looked like he actually turned his ankle at the end of the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Monty did hold him out until the five or so minute mark. Uh, and then uh, put him in for a minute or two and then pulled him out again. Al- almost certainly because he wasn't moving well. And against that pressure warriors defense, if you can't move, it's even worse than being able to unable to dribble and pass. So I'm um, I'm gonna give it that. Um, if he comes out totally fine and he didn't play in the fourth, then that's obviously on Monty. But you know what? The Suns still won this game. You know what else was fun? It didn't get to the clutch, and yeah. it didn't get to a three point game because the Suns are awful in those situations. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's great. That's great. Well,
0: it's been a consistent. Uh, narrative this entire season that this team when pressured turns the ball over and you're right and we Matthew and I were talking about this on the last podcast when you're sitting there and you're going where is Dwayne Washington where's Ish Wainwright where's all of our two-way guys like these are the guys who are impacting it's just it goes to show you where exactly we are at this current moment in time with this fan base and, and with this team given the fact that we just were unbelievably depleted when it comes to to injuries and you saw the warriors take advantage of that. And, mm-hmm. and I'm glad that the the Suns got some calls at the end there because the warriors were being allowed to be unbelievably pestering and unbelievably uh, aggressive in the way that they were playing defense, knowing that the Suns didn't have any ball handlers who could get right. the ball over they didn't the court. Have
1: anybody who could dribble through traffic. And, uh, but you know, again, props to Damian Lee. Mm-hmm. He's the one who had the, he had the mentality. He's like, fuck, I'm just going to fuck it. I'm just going to dribble through these guys and force them to hit me and drew the contact. And that's how he got those 14 free throws. Part of that was just saying, fuck it uh, at the end of the game and just throwing himself into guys when they were trying to get the ball. Uh, So that was, that was really good. And, you know, I don't know if you caught it, but Damian Lee went down with a turned ankle at one point, but he got Mm -hmm. back up.
0: Oh, yeah, I he saw got that. Back up.
1: For once, a Suns player gets back up from a turn to angle. Well,
0: and th- but then you had like Torrey <laughs> Craig who got that foul at the back end of the game coming over the back of Clay Thompson. He took an extra minute. I'm just like, we just we can't.
1: We can't. Yeah, I think you took, took it in the wrong place. I think you did he too. Minute to he he had breath. that look
0: on his face. <laughs> yeah. <he> <laughs> thing, a couple extra thing uh, balls up next to his eyeballs. Yeah, just...
1: something like that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, props to the team. For coming out and just saying, fuck it. We're tired of losing. We're tired of all of this. We're gonna play our very best and see what happens. And they didn't choke. What was really cool is that Mikel made his middies when he needed to. Okay. A la Devin Booker. He got to his spots when he really when the Suns really, really needed those scores, and everyone else just crashed the boards like crazy. Hey, throw up the stat me.
0: Okay, I got you. Right. Hold on there Ooh,
1: dang, you tell me don't look at the box score okay. real quick tell me which player was closest to a triple double tonight and what they had uh the starage smoke break yeah so- baby i remember
0: correctly, without looking at this at the box score tell me if i'm right because you got to remember, I covered this game for Brightside. So I wrote about, Oh, that's
1: true. You had uh, to look up that.
0: 18, stuff. 18 points, nine rebounds, seven assists.
1: 19, nine 19. And
0: seven. Maybe I, there's my a typo in my Brightside. Seven.
1: Dario Sharks coming off the bench from hardly playing at all this season. Almost throws a double-double against the world champion.
0: Almost throws a triple-double.
1: Triple-double. Almost throws a triple-double.
0: And he was unbelievably vital in this game and I'm glad you brought up Dario and it's fun that we get to do Dario as our first drop tonight because you know one a a couple things when he got his fifth foul on on when the when the uh Scott Foster and his crew started calling every ticky tack offensive foul they could on the Phoenix Suns
1: oh my uh, god those offensive fouls they were were horrible Ridiculous.
0: they were horrible and the one that Dario got hit with which ended up being his fifth foul I even wrote it in the recap for Brightside I go it felt like strangely an important foul given the effectiveness of Dario Saric in this game, to your point, yeah. nearly had a triple double. And I think he had the most important play of the game. When all the momentum was going against the Suns. I forget who had the shot attempt, but it was Dario Saric who got the offensive rebound and put it back in off the glass. And it it brought that lead, you know, that was six yep. back up to eight. And that was unbelievably yeah. vital to this team. Uh, as they secure this victory against the golden state Warriors. And to your point, Hardly plays when we do same, it's, it's a lot of discombobulation and he was strangely effective in this game. Like, I don't know what he did, what, what, you know, (laughs) what kind of cigarettes he he was smoking before the game, (laughs) you know, what they were laced with, but he ended up, uh, you know, if you take a look at his final stat line, he 30 minutes played, he was seven of 11 from the field, Mm -hmm. three of five from beyond the arc and had three offensive rebounds, a steal, um, he did have six turnovers. He was our highest member, you know, creating member. Of, but that's what you get with Dario. You give it, you give Dario Sarge 30 minutes. He's yeah. going to
1: turn the ball over. Six he's going to do something with it. He's also, yeah, he's going to do something with it though. He did more positive than negative. He was always one of those guys who ended up making a positive influence on a game. He's always been that way. No matter how bumbling, stumbling, rumbling he looks and uh, good for him. Now, should he have been getting minutes all season? Yeah. You know, the Suns no. have better players. But in a game where you actually need this dude to step in, that's it's wonderful to have that guy on the bench and be able to step in. That's And you know what? He may have upped his trade value right there in that in that game right there, too. Well,
0: the interesting thing about Dario, and again, when I did the preview for this game for Bright Side of the Sun, check it out, go to brightsideofthesun.com, uh, I said that the one advantage the Suns were going to have this game was on the boards. Kavon Looney... Is the only big that they had? No Kaminga, no Wiseman, and they their backups due to the fact that this team is is hampered by some injuries as well. Their backups they have no backup big depth, and if the Suns can take advantage of that, that was going to be the opportunity.
1: Don't don't compare the Warriors injuries to the Suns. Oh, you
0: can't. You
1: can't. They were starting their finals starting lineup tonight. And the guys out you're talking about are Wiseman. They went to the G League recently, and Kaminga, who was out of the rotation for most of the year. That's like us complaining about, you know, Dwayne Washington was hurt when everyone else is healthy. Now, this is don't true. give them credit this is for true. having any injuries. Don't give them. But any what I'll credit. say
0: is they do lack the interior depth uh, with those two injuries. That's the only area that that was their weakness. Is coming into this game, you knew if you could if you could beat them on the interior. You had an opportunity to win this game, and be, and you take a look. They're not a great five-out team. They need that center in the in the middle of the court, and they took advantage of that tonight throughout the entire game. And it was Dario Saric, who ultimately capitalized. We had Bismack Biombo had a solid game. Uh, I'll talk about that momentarily. I do want to get to a super chat. Thank you, Black Sunday, for five dollars in the super chat. He goes, is Monty betting on the Warriors spread in the fourth quarter? Why are you not playing Dwayne Washington Jr. to get the ball past half court? How much turnovers did we have? Well, Black Sunday, if you're joining us just a little late, we did say that there was a lot of talk on Twitter that Dwayne Washington Jr. potentially was hurt. He tweaked his ankle at the end of the third quarter. And if you look in the fourth quarter, uh, the Phoenix Suns turned the ball over 13 times, which led to 16 points. In the fourth quarter alone? In the fourth quarter alone. (laughs) and And the Warriors turned the ball over three times, which led to two points. But the Suns gave up 16 points.
1: To Thirteen turnovers. Thirteen in the turnovers because alone. we didn't have
0: Dwayne Washington Jr. due to injury, and it was ultimately again Damian Lee who took uh, who took charge and got to the line. But talking about Bismack Biyombo, I do want to throw this out there: the Biz, the Biz. Oh Ian Eagle thought he was so smug on the on the TNT broadcast that he said "Return of the Bismack." I'm like, fool! I got a drop on my podcast for that shit. Uh, so don't think that you came up with anything clever. Clearly, Ian Eagle is a fan of the Suns Jam Session podcast. But uh, uh, He
1: must have been listening. He,
0: yeah. he, must, he, he must watch this all the time. Uh, not really, because I hardly ever play that drop, because Busy never plays. And only played 17 minutes in this one. Again, Dario got 30, uh, and then it was um, Jock Lando with 23 and 17 from Bismack. But he was 4-7 from the field, had 8 points, 2 blocks, both early on, and five, uh, 8 total rebounds. Again, the bigs. The bigs were huge in this game, man.
1: Hey, did the Warriors end up covering the spread?
0: Uh, People are no. talking
1: in the chat like they might have.
0: It, I think it was 13 and a half, and the Suns won by 12. Last I checked, it was 13 and a half.
1: Oh, what am I thinking? It's the other direction. Sorry about that.
0: Yeah, but they, they didn't cover it because they were supposed to win by 13 and a half. The Suns covered the spread.
1: Yeah, the Suns covered their spread. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'm being dumb. I, I, was, I was misled by... Uh, some comments in the chat, and then I took myself down the wrong direction. Yes. <laughs> the Suns definitely covered
0: in yes. that game.
1: They were supposed to lose by a lot of points. Yeah, no, I really went into the game. I really went into the game uh expecting just to look for bright sides. Bright side.
0: No, I see what you uh, did there.
1: Yeah. And ended up that almost every minute was a bright side. It was, was just awesome. – it was
0: enjoyable. It was enjoyable. I mean, I literally – I mean, you know this, you go to the games, you cover the games for Bright Side of the Sun, nine times out of 10, or at least I don't know what your process is. But I'll start with kind of a, a core of what my my recap's going to be. And I, I type it out and I have it all ready to go. And then I extrapolate upon <laughs> that because, you know, you, you give yeah. the summary in the middle of, the, of it, but you, you, you have an opener and a closer, just like, you know, a three acts of a of a movie or a book. And my opener was nothing good in life is easy. And I'm trying to find the good in this and watching the Suns right now because it's not easy. That's the the avenue I was going to go down as a writer. And then the first quarter happened. I'm like, well, delete that. Then the second quarter happened. I'm like, delete it completely. Let's come up with a new narrative because regardless of what happens in this game, this team and the effort in which they played uh, was unbelievably entertaining tonight considering how many people were out. And how yeah. how much? And, and again, I get Steph Curry's coming back from missing eleven games and all that fun stuff. Did you he, see
1: yeah. the graphic though? For his oh, career, five he times back. he's missed ten plus games. He has averaged like balls out twenty six point three so points. Don't, don't say, oh poor Steph, only barely came back. He usually dominates those games.
0: Oh yeah, and and tonight twenty four points, eight of twenty two shooting. Five of fifteen from the field, so he did struggle relative to shooting. But he had twenty-four points. Uh, in fact, if you take a look at jo- Jordan Poole, clay Thompson, Steph Curry combined, they had eighty points combined in this game. Eighty points. It was Jordan Poole yeah. at the end of the third quarter. So nobody else. And the, and up. And yeah. Nobody else. And again, that's kind of the, what we just tapped into is the narrative of the Warriors this season. Why is this yeah. team? 20 and 21. Now. Are, there, are they 21 and 21 just like the Suns now? I believe that's correct. So they're a team oh, that has the same record as the Suns, and everybody's kind of like, well, what's the why? Uh, yeah, NBA.com still has them at 20 and 21. I could have swore that they were... Oh, yeah, they were 20 and 20. So uh, they're, they, they're 20 and 21. Yeah, and the it's Suns not, are it,
1: back up in seventh place. Thank you very much.
0: Yep, we are in seventh now because the Clippers just won, <laughs> or we would have uh, We would have been... We were sixth for about Almost five sixth, minutes yeah. there. <laughs> the
1: it was Clippers great. Clippers broke also, let's talk about the Clippers. Just broke a six-game winning streak if they won tonight, mm-hmm. and they have all their players. Mm-hmm. So while Suns fans are are stressed about the losing and all that, keep looking at these standings. These other teams are losing even with their good players. The Suns just got the Suns will be healthy in the next two or three weeks. We just got to get there. Just got to get there, and so that's bye. why. That's and why. Then, so people like talking this are about so handing. Is ridiculous because you really want to sit there and have a conversation with Devin Booker on February 1st and say, you know what, Book? Can we lose as many games as possible for the next two and a half months of your life? And Book's going to just punch him in the face because he spent five years of his career losing every game. So let's
0: talk about that. Let's talk about the tanking conversation because that is making the rounds. Everything's making the rounds right now. Fire money. fire... James Jones, tank. Okay, six-game losing streak. It's gonna get. It's gonna take us to some dark places. Uh, Our your your former co-host on Sun Solar Panel, uh, Zona Hoops, he wrote a piece today for Bright Side of the Sun talking about tanking, and Mm -hmm. he stated right there in it, he's like, "Listen, I'm not pro tanking, but I'm going to explore that conversation." And it makes sense because again, everybody's exploring that. Outside of the Devin Booker conversation, how do you feel about the Suns potentially
1: tanking? No, I'm against it. I mean, we've been through it all these years. And here's the thing. The Suns have won too many games to – I mean, if you think about tanking, you're not going to lose 40 games in a row. You're just not. You're not. You're going to lose, at worst, 30, 25 of those games. Guess what? That leaves you with 30, 35 wins on the year. Mm -hmm. And that puts you in 11th. Right? Why Mm -hmm. would we spend uh, three months of misery on purpose after people get healthy – a misery for the 11th pick in the draft. And don't tell me you can find a diamond in the rough on the 11th pick. There's been all-stars. It's almost certain that somebody at the 11th pick, you're lucky to have a rotation player at best. There are exceptions, but it's almost certain you're lucky to get a rotation player. You can find that rotation player in free agency. So look, I'm not, no, I am not for tanking at all. Now, if nobody gets healthy and they lose naturally like this for the next three months, Hey, we suck it up. We take it whatever. Mm -hmm. But if people are healthy, you don't throw games. Bingo. If,
0: if we end up with a, a, a lottery pick to your point, it's gotta be natural because there's no way that you can sit there and you could take this team, a team that's won 64 games and say, Hey guys, like even a 1.8% chance at Wemby is worth it. Cause you know what you do? You decimate your culture by doing something like that. Everything that we went through for the, all those years, it was a constant recycle of culture. It's Earl yeah. Watson. It's Lindsey Hunter. It's Igor Kokoshkov. And until we got some stability, we couldn't build upon that. So, yeah, it's, does it suck that we've been losing? Absolutely. Is it fun? Hell no. But it's also justifiable losing. And that's one yeah. thing that I, I kind of have some frustrations when I, and I like today I tried to avoid Sun's Twitter just at all. Like I'm working. I'm just like, I'm just not going to look at it because everyone gets so up in arms about these kind of conversations. It's like, it, it's not because the team is poorly run or they don't have the right assets. It's all the assets are literally hurt. And to your point, right. let's say that they, they end with the 11th pick. You have an 8.5% chance at a top four pick. And a 1.8% chance at the t- the number one overall pick at that point. That's not worth it. That, that, that's not worth gambling your of, culture.
1: Because the only real changers, the only high percentage chance of game changers is in that top four, mm-hmm. probably only in the top two. Yeah. Top so two. if it happens naturally, it happens naturally. If everybody stays hurt, it is what it is. But if they get healthy, they're going to go on a run. They're going to go on a run because you know what? They're, they, they, I really think the team, again, if they get healthy, I really think the team didn't really care as much about the regular season this year as they did the year before, right? The year before, Mm -hmm. we don't like losing two games in a row. We want to set records. We want to set record. Every day is a blessing. Every day is a record. None of that this year. You know why? Because they know it didn't matter. Exactly. They set a franchise record. They led the league by eight wins. What did that get them in the playoff series? Nothing. Tired. Tired out. and nothing and out of sync by that time. So you want to finish the season on a run. Now that's again if if they get healthy. And healthy enough. I mean, shit, they were still first in the West without one of their top two players
0: mm-hmm.
1: or two of their top five players with Cam Johnson out. All you need is moderate health. You don't even need perfect health, but they have to be the right guys. It has to be Devin Booker healthy, and he has to they have to, and then the playoffs are the playoffs. Whatever happens there, happens there. You play for that opportunity.
0: Well, and again, the, the the other side of that coin, and I was talking about this with Matthew on the last podcast, was right now we're going through it. I'd much rather go through it in December and January than right. when we hit the playoffs like last, last year. Last year we
1: went through it in April. Yeah,
0: everything yeah. We, we peaked too early. 64 wins, great. We'll always talk about that great team that didn't do shit in the playoffs. Whereas this time... It's like, yeah, we're going through. And to your point, okay, we're, we currently have the sixth seed. We're going to continue to fluctuate. We know have we have a tough schedule. We play Denver literally tomorrow night. You yeah, know, that's and then we gonna then, that's going to be a tough that's game. Bad. That's going to be bad. That's, <laughs> bad. that's the number one seed in the Western Conference, uh, and they, you know, Nikola Jokic is absolutely playing out of his the mind. Won't
1: have anyone new back.
0: Yep, it's not like the injury report's going to change. Not like Monty was resting all of his guys in an effort to try to go out and, and put safe face at a mile high in a hostile environment where everybody hates the Suns because we ousted them in the, from the playoffs in an embarrassing fashion two years ago. But you have that game. I forget who they play. The next game, uh, it's Minnesota. They go to they go to Minnesota, and then they play in Memphis, which is a team that's also atop the West. So it's like it's not going to get easier. But again, yeah. it's justifiable why we're losing. And if we're getting through it right now, and we start to peak at the right time, that's all. That's all. All you want because again, right now, Suns are seven games out of first place, and they're one and a half games out of like the Lakers are a game and a half behind us. You know, but you don't even think the
1: team cares about first place. No, or even, you know, They just want to have a top four seed. They've been mm-hmm. talking about that since day one, even they when want they want some home court. first place. They want a first round home court. It's much easier to get all the way through the playoffs if you have home court at least one round. That Totally. But they're not killing themselves for first place. So even if Denver or Memphis or someone runs away with first place, the Suns already know that doesn't matter. <laughs> it's the playoffs Amen. that matter.
0: They've been there. They've done that. They just need to get to the playoffs and they need to be healthy to do so. Uh, yeah. We have a super chat asking something about Monty Williams, which we'll talk about right after these words from DraftKings. Listen up, Jamsters. I know this is a basketball podcast, but the NFL playoff picture is locked in, and my go-to place for wild card round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets Instantly, plus all new and existing customers can get a no sweat bet each day of the wild card round this upcoming weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to ten dollars. Action is so good, why not bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code TBPN. New customers can bet five dollars on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings sportsbook with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details.
1: Dude, like I love that. that video. That video is awesome.
0: Matt Matthew and I made that like 6 years ago for I some that dumb is reason. Awesome. So there
1: you
0: go. <laughs> all right. So here we go. I want to hear you you. I want to get... six
1: years ago you were gonna get DraftKings as a sponsor. Yes.
0: I'm like, I need to make this video. We were doing it for like our fantasy football league. <laughs> I've got a really interesting fantasy football league that I'm very active in, and we made a video, and that was the hype video for it. And he's wearing a cutoff Demarcus weirger It's hysterical. It uh, is. <laughs> um, so Joel Ramirez, five dollars in the super chat. Again, thank you, Joel. I want to get your take on this. This should be good. Uh, he says, Monty is like Mark Jackson. Warriors substantially improved with Mark, but Steve put them over the top. We need to find our real championship coach. Thoughts on that, Dave?
1: It's entirely possible. Mm-hmm. It's entirely. Look, here's the deal. Monty Williams. Uh, oh, okay. So is Monty Williams Mark Jackson or is Monty Williams but Mike Budenholzer? Budenholzer. So here's here's what I'm talking about. Mark Williams, first of all, never got a chance to actually coach them to the, to mm-hmm. the finals, So we don't know for sure. And that could happen with Monty Williams this summer. It could be with a new owner. They bring in a new GM, especially if James Jones doesn't do jack shit in the next month and the sun's come up a little bit short. So they might get a new James Jones and that new James Jones might want a new Monty Williams. And that guy might carry this, bring the Suns to a championship. That's totally fine. But consider this. Mike Budenholzer was being run out by his fans constantly oh, because yeah. why? Why was he, he being run out by he, his fans?
0: He couldn't make adjustments.
1: When? Before
0: he beat the Suns in the finals. No, no,
1: when. In the playoffs. Oh, yeah. They had lost in the playoffs a couple of years in a row, and Mike Budenholzer kept insisting on playing his same way, mm-hmm. and that way wasn't versatile enough to beat every single team, and he'd always they'd always be a team that could beat him until – he had a chance without being replaced by somebody. He had a chance to actually develop, grow up with the same team and coach them a slightly different way. And they won a championship the year with, uh, against the Phoenix Suns. They became a switching defense when they had refused to switch for years. Yeah. Maybe Monty Williams, isn't such a bad coach. People think he is. Maybe he just needs time to see that his way doesn't work and be given a chance. Now it's quite possible He'll never grow up. He'll never change. It's quite possible he's Tom Thibodeau, who never changes no matter what happens. Um, but it's but it's also possible. Money Williams is a pretty smart, dude. He may figure it out. Um, but we, I want to find out this year. This year, this if Money doesn't make any adjustments in the playoffs, it's probably time to move on. If he does make some adjustments, everyone's going to forget they said to fire him.
0: Yeah, and it, it comes down to how far of a run the Suns can make. You know, I mean, if it's. If it's another run to the NBA Finals, you you hold on to that guy. If it's a run to the Western Conference Finals, you hold on to that guy. If it's another early round Was last
1: year's – right. It's all about was last year's playoffs a blip Mm -hmm. or was last year's playoffs the the blueprint, right? And so if they go Western Conference Finals, NBA Finals this year, we don't know until it happens. We don't know if they're going to get healthy until February, so stop saying they won't be. In February, you can say – I knew they wouldn't be healthy. That's fine. Go ahead and be prescient, be your, be prescient. I hope you win everything in life with your prescience. Um, if you know know in advance that means uh, being being able to look into the future. Okay. So, all right. So predicting the future, right? So if you can predict the future, I got, I, I, so help me. I hope your name is Matt Ishbia. Um, (laughs) So great. If you can predict that the Suns won't get healthy, go ahead. If you predict they'll lose in the playoffs just as bad as this past year, go ahead. I want to watch it. I want to see it happen until then. And and then I'll see what actually happens. We don't know what's going to happen. We didn't know what was going to happen tonight. So, how can <sighs> no you predict <laughs> what's going to happen every day in the future? No, you
0: can't. You can't. If you do, listen, go to DraftKings, promo code TBPN, and make a shit ton of money. Because if you have the Gray Sparts Almanac and you know the future, good on you. I would totally utilize that for sports betting because I'm a piece of shit. That's
1: right. If you've got prescience, why aren't you downloading DraftKings Sportsbook app using TBPN and getting as rich as Matt Ishbia?
0: (laughs) Seriously. That's how he did it, folks. He knew, and that's why he took over the the Suns because... He's like, I'm going to take this team to the championship. It's written in the cards, and I want to be a part of it. So uh, real quick, I want to do the subreddit stakeout, let you know how Warriors fans are losing their minds tonight. The Suns Jam Session, subreddit stakeout. So, again, this is one of my favorite things that we do on the podcast, where we go on the subreddit of the opposing team, and we just see how their fans are reacting to the game, to our team, things of that nature, and then we bring those comments here to you, the Jamsters, so you can hear how people perceive our team, the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Somebody did say, damn, the Suns got three-point sliders all the way up. What the fuck? Because, again, this team was fantastic from beyond the arc. They ended 14 of 31, uh, Mm -hmm. 45.2%. From oh, and the by arc. the way
1: on that, it had to happen at some point. The Suns are one of the better oh, yeah. three-point shooting teams in the league. They went a whole week and a half not being able to make any. It had to happen.
0: Yeah, we were definitely due. And that's one of the things I was worried about. Uh, you know, that week and a half of us not hitting threes. I'm like, God, please don't let this be the trend. But again, you're without Devin Booker. Mikhail Bridges has a little bit more of that offensive load being put upon him. And he was the one who was really worrying me when it came to his three-point shooting. But, you know, again, Mikhail tonight, uh, just one of three from beyond the arc. You know, he, he was 10 of 18 from the field. He was attacking the mid range, 26 points. Uh, Somebody else on the subreddit for the Warriors said Damian Lee knows pool is food and goes out to him every time. Jordan pool is one of those players who just annoys living shit out of me because he believes his own hype and you can see it. You can see he's a guy who can hit some threes every now and then. And don't get me wrong. He, I think he was the highest scorer on the team. He ended up with 27 points for the, the the Warriors which was two less than Clay Thompson but I just feel like when I watch him he's one of those players who has a punchable face especially when he's doing that snarl crap after he oh, hits a geez. three that gets them down 10 Not
1: doing that yeah like, exactly hell doing that when you take the lead
0: yeah you know but you can't talk too much shit because he's an NBA champion now so I guess, you know but I I just he just annoys me it just annoys me uh sons drive to the basket and we keep up chucking threes so we get no free throws hmm where have we heard that before
1: <laughs> it's nice to see it turned around once.
0: yes it's it's the blueprint for the phoenix suns all year <laughs> whenever yeah. we're we're down we'd stop driving and we start checking threes and if they don't go now, now that's the difference is the sun you know for the for the Suns, the fact that we've shoot as well from beyond the arc is such a valuable thing to have because we've had seasons in the recent memory where we have a hard time hitting those threes yeah and when you know you got bench players, you got the Damian Lee's of the world, hell, Josh Akogi's hitting threes, Jock Landell hit a three this week, that's a big deal. It's you always know you're never out of a game. And you see how that how important that is because for even the Warriors tonight, they played only four like four good minutes of basketball and it got them back in the game. Now again, they ended up because they only played four good minutes out of 48, they lost, but knowing that this team has that, how does that make you feel? The ability oh, to shoot the
1: three. Hey man, uh you know, I got to be honest. I was letting you go on that run while I'm watching the comments. Yeah. And some dude, some Warriors fan put in the Suns chested tonight. And now that has to be the new catchphrase. He meant chested? to say cheated, but he put chested. He's all, he's all the way up. People have been talking about chesting the whole time. The Suns chested and cheated? No, this guy Andre something. Andre Doss, Andrew son's. Dawson. Okay,
0: so but he said chested
1: first. He said chested originally, and then corrected oh, here you, to cheat As a Warriors fan, you, you guys chested. chested. God bless yeah, you, James,
0: so, because you go in on this guy.
1: This now so that weird. it has to be a new thing because they puffed yeah. out their chests, yeah, and they beasted their way. They beasted their way to the paint and won the game. So thank you for the compliment, Andrew Dawson. Yeah, the we did chest. chested. And just now like the Clay next Thompson... time the Suns lead, every time the Suns lead the other team in free throws, we gotta say they chest it. <laughs> that's every fucking
0: game. Uh no, anytime just... the
1: Suns out free oh, throw the, Suns... the other team.
0: Oh, yeah, that's okay. So like three times a season. It's like yeah. that's what that's what Klay Thompson does after he, he gets chested. blocked from Mikhail Bridges. Uh he, he chests, you know, he, he throws his chest at Clay Thompson, another guy who's just been annoying I me mean, the last few games. I have respect for Klay, but man, he just he talks shit at all the wrong times because the Suns just beat the shit out of him, and he just he talks yeah, a lot this of mad isn't shit.
1: Best, it's a, he's not at his best against the Suns right now. No. I'm not saying forever. I'm just saying right now. I'm not jinxing anything. Everybody, but uh, the three and, games and, this year. Yeah, Thank and, and see,
0: Andrew. this is this is one of the fun <laughs> things, Dave, is whenever we do a post game podcast and we're against the Warriors. Warriors fans always come in and shock and talk some shit, and it's been great because they have had a really hard time against the Suns over the past two seasons. So it's been really mm-hmm. kind of. It's been highly entertaining as, as Luke Carter our says way to a testing our <laughs> way to a champion to a chesting ship.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> baby. yeah, baby. Uh,
0: another subreddit stakeout comment. LOL, we got cooked by a fucking Craig Sarge pick and roll. Yep. That was yep. happening tonight,
1: folks. It was happening tonight. That was happening
0: tonight. Uh, and then yeah. the last comment I had is somebody wrote in Phoenix Buns. I thought that was just kind of a funny. Never heard that.
1: <laughs> well, right. they stuck their buns out on you.
0: Yeah, and then we chested. Nah, I made that up. So there you go. So and and
1: well, yeah, the Phoenix Suns chested and bunsed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Suns jam session subreddit stakeout. Ah, fantastic. God, it's I'd like be it's like beating the Warriors and beating the Lakers are like two of my favorite things. And the Suns might suck right now, but at least we can still do that, right? You know, what else did I want to ask you? Let me look at my my game notes here. So Mikel
1: Bridges had a really, really well. Let's
0: let's let's give him his drop. He's earned it. The award. You know what song that is?
1: Yeah, that's um, Johnny Cash, right? No,
0: but at least you know it's a song. Matthew thought that was me singing. It's Merle Haggard. Merle Sing sing me back home. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Side note. Uh, So, yeah, Mikael Bridges in this game, as I mentioned before, 10 of 18 from the field in 41 minutes played, 26 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 blocks, 5 for 7 from the free throw line. Dave, we did it. We finally got a fucking complete Mikael Bridges game.
1: Yeah, that was really wonderful to watch. You know, what was most exciting for me was that um, uh, Monty Williams finally acquiesced and uh, started and kept Mikkel Bridges in the whole fucking fourth quarter. I think he only sat him for a little bit at the end of that third quarter. And uh, by the start of the fourth quarter, as the as the uh, Warriors put a few starters back in to see if they could make a push, Monty at least put Mikel Bridges back in because that's all he had. Uh, but at least he threw Mikel Bridges <laughs> out there of
0: circumstance. To...
1: Right. But, you know, uh, in the in the game against Cleveland, was it Cleveland? It's been a while. Yeah. Um, They didn't play Mikkel Bridges until the 10 minute mark. And Cleveland had already gone on a 10 0 run. Mm -hmm. So uh, you put in Mikkel at the beginning of the fourth. That was great. That was great sacrifice by Mikkel. It's a catch 22, man. Right. Because you don't want to overplay your best players, but you also need your best players on the court to win these games when everybody else is out. So. I'm really happy for him that he played so well. Uh, he made his shots. He's finding his shot again. He did say the other day, he's like, it doesn't matter how my body feels. It's not affecting my shot. I'm I'm just not making shots. So um, he he definitely uh, made his shots, and he was going through it for sure for a while. He had shot 38% for like a month, oh, uh, yeah. but now he's, he's pulling himself out of it, and that's a huge benefit to the Suns.
0: Well, and my big thing is in the time since Devin Booker's been out, his shot attempts per game has actually decreased. And that it can't happen. And I and I get that, you know, and they were talking yeah. about it on the TNT broadcast, how that's not his strength. Obviously, yeah. he's a he's a tertiary player, he's your defensive player. It's like I understand that, but as you're starting to lose Chris Paul and Devin Booker and your primary scoring options, you would hope that Monty Williams would put Mikhail Bridges under a microscope and say, Hey, I need a little bit more from you. I need you to take just some more shot attempts. I need you to try to carry this offense, not for the entire game, but for some stretches at points. And tonight, 18 shot attempts led the team in shot attempts, which is vital in my personal opinion. That's one of those things I'm looking for. As a fan who's sitting there and trying to understand what's going wrong with this team, knowing that the basis of it all, and foundationally, it's the fact that they're injured. You know, When these injuries started, my big thing is this is opportunity. This opportunity for DA, this opportunity for Mikael Bridges, there's opportunity for our second or I'm sorry, our third and fourth highest paid guys to demonstrate value and to also utilize it as an opportunity to improve their game, aspects of their offensive game because both play fantastic defense. DeAndre Ayton is a great defender, he doesn't get enough talk about how great and versatile of a defender is. We know what Mikhail Bridges is when he's not having to guard unbelievably physical players on the defensive end, but mm. offensively he's just been very passive. And finally we saw a game where it's like, you know what? Mikael Bridges is going to go out there and he's going to be aggressive. Mikael. He had six points in the first quarter. He had six points in the second quarter. He had five points in the third quarter and he had nine points in the fourth quarter. That is consistently attacking. That's not disappearing Mikael. Cause we have the, we have the, the, the warden drop with, Merle Haggard singing us back home. Like, I'm this close to making a drop for him and calling him the magician because he disappears for quarters at a time offensively. And it was nice to see probably a victim of circumstance that he performed in the manner that he did tonight. Win or lose. I wanted to see some more engagement from him. We got that tonight.
1: Absolutely. I was really impressed. I was really happy that Mikel. And the biggest thing about Mikel is also that his points usually come in the non-critical moments of a game. His Mm -hmm. points tonight, his fourth quarter shots, making those middies were incredibly important, every single one of them. So I was very happy uh, to see that. Mikael, he had a really, he had one of those great games. Do not folks be surprised if he scores five points tomorrow night.
0: Oh yeah. That's just the Mikhail way. That's
1: the Mikhail way. (laughs) Um, And so you just don't know what's going to happen, but you know what? The Suns got that win that they needed. Mm -hmm. They got the win and they sent the Warriors to their third straight loss. So this is always good. Now, let me throw one more thought out there. Okay. As you guys got to see, Dwayne Washington be second on the Suns in scoring with, uh, I think it's 22 points. 21. 21 points tonight. He had 25, I think, last night. um, If I'm getting my games right, last game. Um, Is he demonstrably different than Jordan Poole?
0: No. That's a good – that's a – he – Yeah. No
1: pool can't play defense either. Yeah. They both turn the ball over a bunch. They both turn the ball. They both try. They're both like unconscious with their shots and they're better shooters when they're when they're covered, like when they're, when they're flustered or, or, you know, uh, trying to get something up really fast. Like Dwayne's best shots are the ones where he's uh, under duress.
0: And, and they both have that quick trigger to them. There is one demonstratively different aspect. It's the fact that starting next year, Jordan Poole is going to make $27.4 million, and Dwayne Washington's a two way player who is undrafted. I think that that's a, that's, that, that, that's a <laughs> is little. Is it
1: only 27? I thought he signed for an average of 35.
0: It's going to grow. He signed a four year 128, so it's an average of 32. So it goes 27, 29, 31, 34.
1: I'd rather have Dwayne Washington's contract.
0: Hell yeah. Dwayne Washington, he's gonna be one of those guys we're not gonna be able to keep next year. That's what's unfortunate. Him and and you know, all of our veteran minimum guys, you know, who are making the one eight, you know, the uh uh Josh Akogi, Damian Lee, those guys are gone next year because they're playing so amazing. And they're getting the opportunity to do so and they're upping their value left and right.
1: Yeah, um, I think Damian Lee is for sure showing that he was more than the Warriors thought he was although he still is 30 already Mm -hmm. uh tory craig is this is who he is when he gets minutes dwayne washington definitely played himself into another contract i feel really good for him he's still on a two-way the suns at some point are going to have to uh increase him get him going uh into a into a um you know, full year contract, just like they did last year when Ish- Wayne Wright got to the 50 game mark. They got him into a full contract, too. Um, And that's great. And Dwayne deserves it. And he deserves to get a good contract going forward. It all depends on what happens this summer with the Suns, but he'll get one somewhere.
0: Do you think Dwayne Washington Jr. is the future of the Suns backup point guard and Cameron Payne is... Adios. I think he's
1: more of a, I think he's more of a two than a, a three. I think he's the future True. of uh, taking Landry Shamit's place.
0: Oh man, that's a perfect role for him too. That's all we need. That's all. Dwayne Washington Jr. Tertiary is doing everything ball but, handler. Yes, and just because sh- he, he said and, and I asked him after
1: the game the other night that. Uh, what's you know dramatically different for you, better for you this year than last year? He's like, oh my ball handling. I'm on the ball constantly this year. Last year I was off the ball so much, mm-hmm. and I don't know exactly what role he played at Ohio State, but he is definitely one of those combo guards who can do whatever he wants with the ball. He can make really good passes. Uh, he can get you know four, five, seven assists a night um, on good minutes. And uh, but he's more of a combo flamethrower, like a Jordan Poole type, like we wish Landry Shamit was.
0: And Landry's had flickering, you know, production from time to time. But he just he hasn't been it, especially when you talk about price for value paid. He just he hasn't provided something like Dwayne Washington Jr. does, you know, so we'll see what happens moving forward with both of those guys. But, you know, God bless Dwayne Washington Jr. Getting his first start. Did you see that statistic? I'm sure you did before the game. That with Dwayne Washington Jr. starting, every member of the Phoenix Suns has now started every at least, ro- one. <laughs> at least once, and it's we're 42 games into the season. That's good not Lord. a good stat to have. That's not a
1: good stat. <laughs> that's have.
0: not where. That's not where you want to be. So people
1: so. are complaining. Oh, let me. T- I'm sorry. This is my only chance to podcast, so I'm going to keep you long. Do it. People are complaining about the Suns not using their 15th roster spot. Have you heard this? That's, that's yeah.
0: It's, that's so can James I, Jones. Can I though? just
1: make a comment though? about that because most teams are using their two-way spots like the suns are these days so initially teams are using the two-way spots for the for the dude like uh jared harper for the suns uh three years ago right he's 21 year old um didn't get drafted so the suns picked him up put him on a two-way basically a half rookie contract put him in the g-league to see what would happen um that's what what teams used to do most teams the majority of teams these days are using their two-way contracts for playable players. Mm-hmm. The Warriors have Anthony Lamb on a two-way mm-hmm. two years ago. They had Jordan Poole on a two-way, you know, every year. Um, um, Gary Payton, the second on a yep, two-way,
0: he was a two-way guy,
1: right? Those are all playable players who are not 20 years old. They're 25, 24, 23, you know, that kind of age. And because of that's what you used to spend your 15th roster spot on. That's what you used to spend your 14th roster spot on. So the Suns actually have, as you saw tonight, Ish Wainwright and uh, and and uh, Dwayne Washington Jr., their two two-way guys, are their basically their 15th and 16th mm-hmm. roster spots. And even when your injury list is so long, TNT can't put it on a one-page on a graphic, you can still have nine guys active because of those the other thing is because those two ways are being used this way there aren't any real playable players out there to sign for that 15th yeah. spot do you want to sign for example kemba walker got released by yet no. another team no why do you want him over because if you sign him guess who you have to bench yeah, dwayne, dwayne
0: washington jr
1: i'd rather play dwayne washington jr yeah
0: i would too i would too
1: stop worrying about the thing you don't have well, that's, the thing you have. Typical that's what starters. I'm saying.
0: You know, again, like everybody wants that that 15th spot filled because that's the key. That's what we're missing. That's why the Suns aren't winning. It's because we don't have Kemba. You know, it's like, no. Right. It's just People need to stop no, with
1: that. I'd rather have Dwayne Washington than Kemba, period. Amen. So let's just stay with that. The Suns are already 16 deep on this roster the way it is. I'm not mm-hmm. worried about that 15th spot. By the way, who, who, who gets credit for player development? The Warriors, right? All guess who have an open 15th spot
0: this year? The Minnesota the Timberwolves. Warriors.
1: No, the Warriors have an open know, 15th just... spot. The Warriors are also holding their spot to see if there's any really prime buyout. Yeah, that are fo- follow available. that blueprint.
0: Follow- yeah, because exactly. Right. When it's buyout time, which guess what? We're like a month right. away from that. The trade deadline is now officially less than a month away. It's February 9th. Today's the 10th of January. And you go through the trade deadline. You navigate that. And then guess what? The buyout market comes around. And again, not something James Jones is huge on. Yeah. I remember two years ago, no. guys like JaVale McGee, Gorgie Jang, a lot of those guys hit the buyout market, and he chose not to get them. And yeah. probably could have used those guys in the finals to throw a few fouls at uh, you know, Giannis. Everyone but- said
1: at the trade deadline two years ago, the Suns needed another big. Mm-hmm. It did come true for when Dario went down in the yes. finals. It yes. did come true. And then a year ago. The Suns need another playmaker. It came true in the second mm-hmm. round of the playoffs when Chris Paul became Cliff Paul in the second round of the playoffs. And so what do we it's need this totally year, true. So people know, I think you need another playmaker. They still need that other playmaker. Mm-hmm. Now, is that guy Dwayne Washington?
0: No. Maybe he not it in the over playoffs.
1: <laughs> well, he's also only 22 and barely has done this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think you need to acquire more so I mean, obviously you need some size of power forward too. I think um, another wing, um, even when they're healthy, they could use somebody 6'9 or 6'10 who can move. Not a power power forward, not a Charles Oakley, but no. certainly somebody who can move. And they've they've been linked to young guys that they want to. They so let's get. let's
0: talk about that. You wrote a piece today for Brightside on Jalen McDaniels from the Charlotte Hornets. Tell me about him because Sham Sharano tweeted out today yeah. that the Suns are linked to him every week. You know, you said it in your article. You know, the last time the Suns played the Warriors, you know, the they yeah, were this rumor close to, came out. Yeah. yeah, the rumor came out. Same thing happened today. So tell me a little bit. About well, it Jaylen looks like McDaniels. what the Suns are
1: trying to do. Well, Jalen McDaniels is a young guy, kind of like well, he's he's 25 now, but he's fairly young, um, under a little bit underdeveloped. He's six nine, he averages 10 points, five rebounds for the Charlotte uh Hornets. He's he's playable, he would be your fourth big man. He would take basically Tory Craig's spot going forward. Um, when you're fully healthy and 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 assuming you had Jay, actually, now that they don't have Jay, Tory could still play. And you could have this guy, and he'd be six nine, and he'd be just—he'd have more length. The Suns need more length at the power forward spot, but not more. Um, I mean, they could use somebody obviously who can grab seven, eight rebounds a game. Absolutely, but there's very few guys out there in this NBA who are gettable that are over six eight, that can also move on the perimeter, play switchable defense like the Suns want to play, and can rebound, and are offensively viable, and can hit a three. Those are rare guys. Um, so it's, it's all right. Now, McDaniels would be a good ad. So would Jared Vanderbilt be a good ad. So would KJ Martin be a good ad. They all mm-hmm. sit, fit the same kind of mold, but the Suns aren't looking at that as like their main target, their main target. They're looking at a scorer, but they also want to add one of those young guys on a little contract as an extra. And so that's what James Jones is trying to do. And we'll see if he can get it done
0: and that's why it takes a third team correct
1: and that's why it takes a third team so the thing is none of those teams that have like the young guys who are willing to trade a young guy and the suns don't have any young guys to give back rebuilding teams don't want jay crowder nope what who wants jay crowder contenders want jay mm-hmm. crowder milwaukee bucks miami heat um the brooklyn nets would love to have jay crowder um there's another team in there who celtics, Atlanta wants jay crowder the celtics does. could use him None of of those guys want to trade a better player than Jay Crowder back to the Suns. So you need a third team. Uh, You need a third team to get, so the the Jay Crowder goes to a contender, the Suns get what they want in a score, and then this third team gets a draft pick or two and salary relief. That's what you're looking for.
0: And that's why, again, so many people talk about the fact that James Jones hasn't made a move. You don't want to make a panic move. Do we get frustrated as fans? that uh, Jay Crowder still rostered. Of course.
1: I but wish he, he would have. I wish he would have traded Jay Crowder six months ago.
0: Me too. I do.
1: And the Suns would be better off right now, and they'd be better than 21 and 21. They'd be higher, even with all these injuries, because they'd have one more guy to play. I totally agree with you guys, but nobody is selling right now because of the way the lottery odds are. And because of the play in exactly tournament. 25 teams, are still in the in the playoff hunt. No one's selling. No one wants to sell a good player for Jay Crowder. They just don't. Now by February they're going to decide. You know what? I'm not that close to the play-in. I guess I'll tank and see if I can get the chances for you know one of the great lottery picks. Then people will sell, but not until the first week of December uh, of February. Um, but th- things will happen. Last year there were a lot of trades in the last week before the deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, that were really impactful cj mccollum went to the pelicans right before the deadline Um, spencer dinwiddie went to the mavericks right before the deadline a lot of difference making trades of that tertiary Derek white to the boston celtics right before the deadline they did these trades when teams were ready to sell and they and and when you have to wait until they're ready to sell and nobody is yet
0: exactly we're just not at that point so Patience is the key, my dear friends. Patience is the key.
1: I just heard something today that Atlanta, while they've been willing to trade John Collins for five years now,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: They still want two first round picks for him. Yeah. Like no one's going to pay that. That's why he's still there. Yeah. The Rockets still want an unprotected first round pick for Eric Gordon. You know why? Because they know there's 25 buyers and only five sellers.
0: Exactly. We need
1: more sellers on the market to get a better price.
0: And that's the disadvantage of the way that the NBA has structured it with the play in game. Since the play in game, it completely changes the trade deadline, not the trade deadline itself, but the, the two months leading up to it, the December and the January transactions, which is where we've seen James Jones pounce in the past. He doesn't always do something right. at The trade deadline, he'll do something in January, right? He's ahead of the trade deadline. Uh, but I was literally looking this up the other day. I'm like, how many trades have occurred uh, over <laughs> the past three seasons And you know it's like Uh, it's all the same. James Jones's watch, yeah. No, well, James Jones's watch is different. It's he always (laughs) just acquires Tory Craig, and he's really he's really at a tough spot because he can't like release him and then bring him back just because that's what that's like his annual tradition. Some people celebrate Christmas. Some some people celebrate Hanukkah. He celebrates acquiring Tory Craig onto his team. That's what he does. It's (laughs) like the present underneath whatever symbol he has. Not a tree, not a menorah, whatever he's got. So, uh, back into the show. Let's headband. It's, it's, it's wrapped in headbands. That's it's what wrapped it is. in headbands. Let's give out some Jamstar. Jamstar of the game. All right, Jamsters, as a reminder, if you're watching along live, let us know in the chat who your Jamstar of the game is. Give us a thumbs up, subscribe, rate, and review. And if you're listening, yell it out loud. I hope that you are shopping in Target and you're going down an aisle and you're looking for some fabric softener, but now you're buying underwear for no apparent reason because that's what happens when you go to Target and you go and you're listening to this podcast, you go, yeah, Mikel Bridges. And somebody across the store. <laughs> I hope that's what happens. So Dave, you're the guest on the show. Who are you giving the jam star of the game to tonight? Is it a specific player? Is it the way is it the entire team? What are you doing? Are you gonna get creative with it?
1: Um, should I troll one of the commenters and say my jam star of the game is James Jones because he put together this? <laughs> back into the roster on, on about a 5 million total dollars. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Seriously. I, I don't even know if it was $5 million. I mean, with all those, with oh, the two man.
1: ways and the, and the minimums and all that, um, uh, they say James Jones gets coddled. He look, man, anyone who takes it, my team to the finals is going to get coddled. That's just yeah. so there is to it. He turned around a 19 win team to a finals team in two years. I'm coddling him. He can come over. I will coddle him. I just um, fist bumped (laughs) him uh, the other day in the hallway. I didn't quite coddle him, but I did say hi. And he did remember my name. He's like, hey, Dave. So I'll take that as a plus. And we got confirmation that James Jones is going to be the pregame interview for Brightside Night on January 30th. And you got to let me plug Brightside Night here
0: before we go Go for it.
1: Um, But yeah, no, my jam star of the game uh, is not James Jones. Uh, My jam star of the game is Damian Lee dude. Got his world championship ring from the warriors before the game from his brother-in-law, Steph Curry. And then he went out and beat his brother-in-law's ass beat his brother-in-law's ass. That's like, you know, the big, less talented brother, finally beating the ass of the, of the cocky younger brother who's got all the talent in the world. Yeah, that is awesome. Awesome, awesome, Damian. And and did you see at the end of the game, Damian Lee did the I don't know, you know how Steph does the high jump, high stepping? Yeah. When, when they take a lead at the end of yeah. the game. Damian Lee did that. Oh, after I making see that. one making some free throws and forcing a Golden State Warriors timeout. It was awesome.
0: Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I agree with you. It's Damian Lee. He iced this game. I mean, let's not let's not we'll we'll play it as it lies, call it what it is. That last three minutes was stressful because all of a sudden, you know, you're like we we can't win this game. We don't have a ball handler. Jane Washington Jr seems to be compromised. He's not out there. Tory Craig is he dribbles twice and just falls over. You know, Dario it's, and then Damian Lee just not only did he provide an option, but he executed at the free throw line. He was 14 of 14, 14 from the free throw 14. line. What a night for D Lee. Uh yeah, it was it was a fun game to watch and I really enjoyed just seeing him go out there and win that. So uh, anything you want to say on Brightside Night? You want to tell people what uh, to yeah. do?
1: So uh, once again, for the seventh year in a row, we're doing Brightside Night where we um, give tickets to underprivileged kids in the Valley to go see their first Suns game. Tickets are only $15 a piece. So all you got to do is you got to go on um, a link, sons.com slash brightside. Will you put that in the chat for me? Um, sons.com slash brightside. Go in there for 15 bucks. You can donate a ticket in fact and then that'll get matched by the sun so it's really two tickets you're giving two tickets for his 15 bucks to another couple of kids we're going to be uh we've already gotten a hundred thousand dollar donation from the new sun's buyers the ishbia brothers hundred thousand dollars so we'll send our more kids than we ever have to a game this year Uh, but that doesn't stop there we can send more kids this is a big valley. This is a six million person valley. There's a lot of underprivileged kids out there that we could send. 15 bucks. Go on there, sons.com/slash brightside.
0: And I will say this jamsters, Matthew and I, we donated 150 bucks, which means you get two complimentary upper upper level tickets. So mm-hmm. come hang out with me and Matthew. So what did you game. guys do?
1: You sent 20 kids to the game. In fact, mm-hmm. that was triple it match. We so did it, it was triple 30 match kids to the game. Yep. And you get to go to the game, and you get to talk to James Jones before the game. I'm I'm so
0: nervous. What for about, 150 I'm, bucks? I'm just gonna ask him to say, "This is James Jones," and you're listening to the Suns Jam Session podcast. And then I'll dub over <laughs> He'll be Like, what gets this guy out of here? It's like, get this guy out of here. When,
1: when you ask a question, you need to introduce it. This is John Voida with the Jam From, Session so Podcast.
0: I, you bet your ass I will. I just got to yeah. come up with a good question. But I think it's fantastic that you do that, Dave. It's great. I, I love that we're going to have an opportunity, you know, and uh, Brightside has an opportunity to give back to these kids and, and let them experience an NBA game and let yeah. them feel what it's like to step into that arena and see that big board and just like, you know, for those of you who go to the games, you know what that's like when you're there. You know, yeah, you're watching the game, but during the timeouts, it's the energy of the building. It's going to be so much fun. So it's, it's great that you did that. And thank you for hanging out with us. I appreciate you coming on again. Matthew wasn't feeling well. He couldn't come on the podcast. Uh, and there's nothing better than having the king on uh, after a win. So I Thank appreci- you.
1: Thank you, Matthew. Uh, Matthew. 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 Thanks, Matthew. Is it Matthew? Matthew. Lisu? <laughs> uh, thanks for letting me take your seat for a night. You guys are great on this show. I love watching it, and uh, well, maybe I'll be on after another win sometime.
0: There you go. We'll we'll just have you on tomorrow because it'll be a guaranteed win. Uh, let oh. everyone know where they can follow you. <laughs>
1: uh, you can follow me at Dave King NBA on Twitter. And I um, write almost every day on brightsideofthesun.com, the biggest Suns blog in the world. John Boyder writes with me on there. We've got a dozen people who contribute on that, on that blog, and it's, it's a great place to be for 24-7 Suns coverage
0: amen well we appreciate that again you can follow me at Darth Voida, follow the show at suns jam uh after this is done dave make sure you go on there and fix khalil's password for him because he doesn't know how to and no that's your job i already delegated (laughs) that to
1: you a year ago i didn't i didn't answer that one Uh, uh
0: and remember jamsters go home and chest your family